Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 15, Jesus said this. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's what ears are made for, is for us to hear. Right? I've heard people say that you have two ears, one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you speak, right? You've heard that before. So, and, but what, we're, what we listen to determines the direction of our life. So it's really important what we hear, what we listen to, Right? And so here's my question to you. How do you really know that you are hearing the voice of God and not the couple, two burritos that you had the night before? Yeah. <laughs> the pizza that you ate before, you know, uh, boy, I, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and something was talking to me and you're not sure what it is. Well, these are just things and this, I'm not saying this is a comprehensive list, but these are things that will help you identify, is this God's voice? Is this the voice of God? Number one is this, does it agree with the word of God? This is so important. Does it agree? What you're hearing right now, does it agree with the word of God? The only way that you know whether or not it agrees with the word of God is by reading the word of God. You have to know what the Word of God says. That when I've noticed in myself that the more I read, the more I study, the more I pray, I recognize more clearly when there are things that people say that are contrary to the Word of God. Or I hear reports, or I hear different things, and, it, and it's like, no, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible has a different report. The Bible says something differently about that. So it's critical for us to have daily word time. In the Word, daily time, reading the Word of God. And I heard some, I, I heard, I've heard a lot of excuses why people don't read the Bible. You know, but one that was really interesting to me was a woman said, uh, said, you know, I, I read, but I just don't, I, I don't remember what it is that I read. And I love Bill Johnson's answer to that. He said, he said, listen, I, I don't remember what I had for breakfast a week ago either, but I still ate. I still nourished my body. We still have to nourish our inner man, our inner woman, right? And then also with prayer. Well, I, you know, Phil, I feel bad. I try to get up in the morning. I try to pray, but I fell asleep. I fall asleep every single time. Well, I don't know of a single dad either that, that wouldn't mind his child falling asleep in his arms. Hmm? Falling asleep in the arms of God. I can't take credit for that either. That was a Bill Johnson too, but I thought it was really good. Okay, so, but God will never contradict his word. This is something you need to realize about the word of God. Is If God speaks to your heart, this is why it's so helpful to know the word, is that when he speaks it, you can line it up. Okay, does this, is this scriptural? Does this line up with scripture? Because God's not going to contradict his own word. Neither is he going to ask you to do something that goes against the word of God. Right? Okay, but some people say this. They say, hey, I, you know, I'm really feeling like God would be okay if I slept with my girlfriend. Well, wait a minute. I mean, the, the Bible that you don't know your Bible, you know, if you feel that way. Let me read a scripture to you in Galatians about that because sometimes people have that concept. You know, I think God would be okay because, you know, we're going to get married we're already you know, committed to one another. I gave her my promise ring, and it's okay for us to have sex. Okay, what about Galatians chapter 1, verse 8? It says this, 
But even if we or an angel, this is Paul talking to the church of Galatia, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. So Paul is saying, hey, look, I don't care how many preachers have said it's okay. I don't care how many evangelists have said it's okay. I don't care if an angel of God, the skies part, and he manifests right in front of you, and he preaches something to you. If it's contrary to the word of God, let him be accursed. That means you're not supposed to follow it. Because today we have a lot of people that are doing away with certain parts of scripture and adding to scripture. And they're twisting and they're beginning to say, hey, this is okay now. And why was something that was not okay for centuries uh, now all of a sudden is okay? I'll give you a number one reason. People do not know what the Bible says. They haven't been reading their Bible. Or some people have decided to throw the Old Testament out. But let me, let me tell you this. Jesus said, I have not come to do away with the Old Covenant. I have come to fulfill it. I have come to make it manifest in your life. And I'm telling you, what we learned from the Old Testament is things that we can apply to our lives today. In fact, we're going to apply something today uh, from the Old Testament as well. But listen to this scripture. Jesus, uh, John said in the book of Revelation, when he received this revelation, he said this in chapter 22, verse 18. He said, for I testify to everyone who hears the word by prophecy, the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Well, that doesn't sound good. And then he goes on to say in verse 19, and if anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy, God shall take away from him his part in the book of life. That sounds worse. So listen to what, the Bible says we're not supposed to add to it. We're not supposed to take away from it. From it, How many of you know getting rid of the Old Testament is taking away from the book? How many of you know changing the definition of things, doing deconstruction and reconstructing your own ideas? That's adding to the book, isn't it? So number two, is my will surrendered to God's? Is my real will surrendered to God's? In other words, am I willing to be obedient? To what God has told me to do. Now turn over to 1 Samuel. I told you I was going to use the Old Testament. 1 Samuel. If you have your Bible. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2. In verse 29. There was a guy by the name of Eli. He was a priest. And Eli was a godly man. He loved God. He served God. But his two sons. Hophni and Phinehas. They didn't. They were wicked sons but yet they served in the temple and so when people would bring their offering they bring their sacrifice they would steal from them they would you know just do all kinds of bad things and then they even slept with some of the young women that would come there right there in the temple so they're not serving God so listen to what God did God sent a prophet to Samuel in verse 29 and he said this to Samuel or not Samuel to Eli excuse me why do you honor your sons more than you honor me because what happened was when Eli found out that his sons were doing this he said he went to his sons and he said what is this that I'm hearing about you you're doing this and you're doing this and he knew what his sons were doing but you know what he said he said this is not a good thing that I'm hearing about you and that's the last thing you hear him say about his sons that sounds like a little on the wrist doesn't it on the hand don't do that don't do that there was no disciplinary action. There was no, oh, whoa, 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 you, you can't do that. 
you know what? I'm taking the priesthood from you. You don't get to be a priest anymore. There was no correction that came to pass. And so, and it says in verse 30, God said, those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. So after this happened with Eli, and Eli didn't bring the correction that he needed to bring, listen to what God said in chapter 3 and verse 13. He said, I will judge the house of Eli because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. Wow. Let me tell you, here's what happened as a result. God stopped speaking to Eli. He stopped speaking to him. And, and look at what happened. See, because God wants to be able to speak to us, but if we want God to speak to our future, then we need to go back and repair our past. We need to go back and repent of our past. Eli, Eli didn't. And so God stopped speaking to him. And that's one of the things that prevents people from being able to hear God is sin in their life, unresolved sin that they haven't dealt with, they haven't taken care of. And so Eli grew dull in his ability to hear God. And so look at 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible it went on to say this about that generation, about this day and this time, that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. See, spiritually, we begin to lose our hearing, our ability to hear when we begin to compromise when we begin to step away from the things that God is commanding us to do. And we refuse to walk in those things. We refuse to walk in obedience. Man. And so today, there's 30 million people that are challenged with their hearing. They suffer from hearing loss. 30 million people in America that struggle with this. And so the interesting thing about hearing loss is... You hear, I'm going to get technical on you here for a moment. You hear from 20 hertz to about 20,000 hertz. That's your span of hearing. In fact, some of the best microphones that you can buy for recording are 20 to 20,000 hertz. But your clarity, your ability to be able to distinguish between consonants happens at about from 2,000 to about 7 or 9,000 hertz. So there's a window here. And so... When, you begin, when a person begins to lose hearing, they call it higher frequency loss. They'll lose their hearing in that area. And then they have difficulty distinguishing between S's, T's, P's. You know, many times I'll say my name, Phil, and many people will think I said Bill. They'll call me Bill. Why? Because they couldn't distinguish the PH sound as opposed to the B sound. You say, Phil, I didn't know I was going to come and learn about hearing aids today. It's okay. It's, just hang with me. And so I, I was talking to an audiologist about it, and he said, well, Phil, it's like a tennis ball. Whenever my, my dad worked for American Airlines for 38 years, and when he started, he was a mechanic, and he worked in the test cell on the engines. So they would fire the engine up. They would turn it on, and you would hear this, this massive jet engine in a test cell, and dad would be in there with, with hearing protection on his ears. But over time and over all those years of working the test cell, he began to, his hearing began to deteriorate. Here's how it happened. When, when, you're, when you are exposed to dangerous sounds, the tennis ball, it bounces almost all the way back up with the first bounce, doesn't it? But over time, 
your hearing gets worse and worse and worse and worse the more you're exposed to it. And so spiritually, when we decide, you know what, I, don't, I think God would be okay with that. I think God would be okay with this compromise. I think God would be okay if I, you know, decided not to obey him in this area. It's just a very small area. It doesn't really matter anyway. What's happening? The tennis ball is starting to bounce less unless you're, you're, you're turning your hearing aid down and down and down and you're not able to hear the way that you used to. Man, wow. Number three, are you willing to wait until you know? This is another thing that will aid you in, in hearing God's voice. Will this thing, this decision I'm about to make, will it pass the test of time? Am I fully committed to it? Am I fully committed to it? Sometimes the enemy wants to put you in a hurry. He wants to get you into panic mode. He wants to create urgency in you. Why? Because when we make decisions out of fear, out of panic, in a hurry, we make bad decisions. My favorite Geico commercial, they, they just stopped playing it because it was great for Halloween or all those four kids that are running, you know, from, from the chainsaw guy, right? And, the, and so they decide to go hide behind all the chainsaws in the shed. And he's standing behind them going, are you kidding me? You know, and then you hear the caption, the guy says, when you're in a horror movie, you make bad decisions. So let me say this to you. When you're in panic, you make bad decisions. When you're in a hurry, you make bad decisions. When I got a, I got a phone call from my mom, my mom's spending the week with her sister, so she's not here today, but when she had her massive heart attack in 2011, it was on January 8th, and I remember when I got that phone call, it was about 8.45 in the evening, and my dad called, and he said, Phil, your mom doesn't, she's not feeling well, and she doesn't look very good. And I could tell by the sound of his voice that there was urgency, that it was not a good thing, what was happening. And so I went to the front door, I got my coat, and they, at that time they lived three doors down from me. And so I ran down to the sidewalk, and when my feet hit the sidewalk, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Phil, slow down. Get a hold of yourself. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to get into panic. He wants me to keep my head. He wants me steady. Amen. Man, and God wants you steady too. Now, I heard, I heard a minister say this, and I thought it was so good. He said, I never step out on what I don't know. I never step out on what I don't know. In, on on uh, August 1st, 1992, I was waiting in a room with all of my other groomsmen and my father, and the music was playing, and in 30 seconds, we were about to walk out and stand in our positions and wait for this beautiful woman to come walking down the aisle. And with 30 seconds until the queue, my dad turned to me, I'll never forget it, and he said, Phil, are you sure you want to marry her? He said, but yeah, because can, we can go get in the car right now and leave. First of all, I was stunned that he decided to ask me this question right now. Dad, the music's playing, you know, in my mind. But then later I realized he just wanted to make sure, do you know, are you sure? And I turned to my dad and I said, I am sure. And I've been sure for 27 years. But this wasn't a decision that I made overnight. 
This was a decision that was made slowly. Amen? So that's my question to you this morning. Are you sure? So what do you do while you wait? What do you do? Phil, what do I do you know, while I'm waiting to know? Well, I think, I think what Keith Butler said, uh, the story that he told was, was really, really works with this because he's a pastor of a very large church up in Detroit, Michigan. And I heard him talk about when he was going to college and he was studying and graduation was, uh, you know, I think he was in his senior year when he told this story. And he, and he talked about how he would come home to their little tiny apartment and he had one question. God, what do you want me to do with my life? What's the next step? What do you want me to go into? And he said, now I wanted to answer that question. He said, but I didn't have anywhere private that I could go. The only place in our little tiny apartment, he said, that I could go was under the table. He said, my wife had a tablecloth and he would climb under the kitchen table with his Bible and his pad and his pen. And he prayed consistently, day after day after day, until he got the answer to that question. He was committed to it. You say, well, I don't wait, Phil. Man, I just step out in faith. Man, I just, I go for it. Man, if God speaks something to my heart, if I even have an ounce, man, I just, I jump out there. And some people think this, it amazes me how some people define faith this way. I, I saw, I'm stealing this from Willie George, okay? Just so you know. But I heard this guy, I, I, I heard, I've heard different people describe faith this way. Hey, you know, faith is stepping out into the unknown. I'm stepping out. We have a stage, I can do this now. We're stepping, I'm stepping out into the unknown. No, no, let me tell you what faith is. Here's faith. Faith is, hope I don't feedback. Faith is stepping on a rock-solid foundation that takes you in an upward direction. You guys see what I mean? It's, you're not stepping out. In the way, well, sometimes you just got to tie a, tie a knot at the end of the rope and hang on, dear God. Well, that's not faith, okay? Well, I mean, it may be faith at that moment, but what faith is, when God asks you to step out on something, it's a rock-solid foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone. When you step out on him, man, you're taking steps. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You're taking steps on a solid foundation. Amen? You're not stepping out on the unknown. You're not throwing, throwing some money at it and just believing God. And Gee, I hope this works. That's why when we were asked to start Vision Church... We were like, it scared us. Can I be honest with you? It was a fearful thing. Why? Because, man, I, I had a full-time job and I, was, and I was, didn't have that anymore. And I thought, what are we going to do? And I had people asking me, hey, you know, if you start a church, we're with you. Well, how many of you know that's not a leading? People asking you that, that that's not a leading we needed to hear from God. And when we heard from God and we stepped out, guess what? Everything that you see around here, it's evidence that we were supposed to do it, wasn't it? Man, glory to God. All right, so here's what you've got to do. Are you ready? You have to position yourself to hear. 
Position yourself to hear. Turn over to John chapter 8. Here's the first thing. You need to understand your identity, who you are. Listen to what it says in John 8 verse 47. It says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. How many of you belong to God? Well, good news. You hear what he says. And listen to what Jesus said in chapter 10 verse 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say, hey, my sheep hear my voice and then they negotiate with me. My sheep hear my voice and then we have an argument. We have a debate. I was never on the debate team. But I went out with a girl that was. And I, we only had one date together. I just, I just was not a debater. But anyway. So it doesn't say though that we're supposed to debate with God. It says that we hear and obey his voice. Don't we? Amen? Alright. So number two. Turn off the noise. Turn off the noise. Think about this. You need to eliminate distractions because your environment is critical to you hearing from God. Uh, when I, I, because I've, I was a worship leader for so many years and I've always been involved in, in sound and I've been kind of a technic, tech, tech geek, I guess, you know, when it comes to music and those kinds of things. And, and whenever you install a brand new sound system, there's a thing that you use called pink noise that you turn on, and it helps you to be able to EQ all of your speakers. And so, did you have that back there, Zach? Can you turn on some pink noise for me? And so, what we're going to do, I want you to hear what pink noise sounds like. Go ahead and turn it up a little bit more. And so, pink noise allows you to, to dial those speakers in, and then as it's going up, though, you'll notice I'm a little more difficult to hear. So, when I was a little boy, I was about eight years old, I was riding a horse one time, and when I was riding that horse, all of a sudden, it took off on me. And then I fell off, and I broke both my arms. So how many of you heard everything I said? Sure you did. You read my lips, yeah. <laughs> then that means you're dealing with hearing loss already if you're reading lips. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> so, so the point is, you have to turn the noise off, don't you? You have to put yourself in a position to be able to hear God, right? The more noise there is, the less you're hearing. And that brings me to number three on positioning yourself is get still. Find a way that you can get still before God. And you can quiet your heart. You can quiet the noise around you. Think about it. Jesus got away. He got alone so he could hear. Paul got away. He got alone so he could hear. Moses spent time with God alone so that he could hear what God was saying, right? In Mark chapter 5, verse 16, in the Berean Study Bible, it says this, that Jesus frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. He withdrew. Why would he withdraw to the wilderness? Because nobody's out there. Because he's away from everything. Everything is shut off in his life, and he's able to hear. Think about Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I'm God. If you want to know, then take the time to get still. And you'll begin to know. You'll begin to hear. So settle your heart down. Amen. And then number four, fourth aid to help us hear the voice of God is will this help other people? And what I am in the decision I'm getting ready to make, will this help other people? There's two things that we look at as a, as a church team 
uh, in our leadership team that we begin to look at whenever we're going to purchase something or we're going to have an event, we're going to have a guest speaker come in. And that's two things that I want, I want to see. Is it, will it reach people? Will it teach people? Those are, the two, those are the two criteria for us. And in your own life, you need to have that same question. You know, is, you, could, you could ask it this way. Is this self-centered or is this people-centered? Is this others-centered? How does what I'm getting ready to do going to help somebody else? Number five, does this flow with my talents and abilities? This is a big one. Does this flow with my talents and abilities? All of us have different giftings. The Bible talks about all the different gifts that each of us have. And we have talents and abilities. And that's one thing I just really appreciate about Vision Church is there's so many different people that have so many different talents and abilities. And it's amazing when we all come together, we're able to do amazing things together. And so one of my talents and abilities is not to be a dentist. You don't want me drilling on your teeth. You don't even want me giving you anesthesia or, or the numbing. You don't, even, you don't want me doing any of that. Why? Because I don't have any talent and ability in that. I don't have, not to mention knowledge. But I'm not gifted as an NBA star either. I remember I, I heard about uh, Billy Joe Doherty was telling a story about one of his sons, his son Paul, who's now the pastor of the church there at Victory. And, and he was talking about how Paul came to him and he said, Dad, I think I want to I play in the NBA. Do you think I could play in the NBA? And Billy Joe was always so gracious with his words. And his response was, well, it would take a lot of practice. But I think you could do it. He said, but it, it would take a lot of practice. So, in fact, I'm going to use this because I heard Pastor Paul say this and I thought it was really great. Um, a pastor had an acronym for the word SHAPE. S is for spiritual gift. H is for heart. A is for abilities. P is for personality. C or E, excuse me, that's not, C's not in shape. Uh, e is for experiences. So it's those things that shape our life. It's those things that shape our talents and our abilities. And God's not going to have you do something that he hasn't shaped you to do. Amen? In fact, Romans 12, that was the scripture where we all have different giftings, different abilities. Number six, is this for me or is it for someone else? Okay. So a couple of things on this one. Zach mentioned up here earlier that he said, you know, I haven't had a, a, he hasn't had a lasting relationship yet. He has had a couple of relationships. But what I found is that people, when they see a quality young person and they, they see that they're not dating anyone, not, you know, committed to anyone yet, sometimes they like to, right? They like, they like to set them up with someone, right? And so all of a sudden suggestions come all of a sudden. Okay, so here's my question to you is, is are you trying to be the Holy Spirit in somebody else's life? Are you able to hear for everybody else but for yourself? Because there's a challenge there. A couple of things. One, if you hear something literally for something, somebody else, God gives you that then this would be the first thing that you do. You should pray for them. You shouldn't go and tell them. You should pray for them and, to be, and begin to watch God develop that in their life. Oftentimes I've had people come and they've prophesied things over me and some things have come to pass. And let me tell you, it's been very few. But 
But other, other times I've, I've had people prophesy over me and I've been like, okay, so what do you do with that, Pastor Phil? I personally, mentally, I put it on a shelf. And I say, well, and this is what I say. We'll see. If that's God for me, then that will come back to me. But many times it doesn't. In fact, most of the time, those are still sitting on a dusty shelf somewhere in the basement, somewhere. But I remember the time Billy Joe came to me and he said, Phil, you're a pastor. And I just looked at him like, you are crazy. Now this, does, again, this doesn't happen very often, okay? Because some people try to be led by prophecy, by prophets. They want somebody to come and tell them what they should be doing next in their life. And let me tell you what prophecy is for, most of the time is it should confirm what the Holy Spirit has already been speaking to your heart. Many times the Holy Spirit's been speaking something to you already, and the prophet will come and he'll speak it, he'll speak a prophecy over it, and you'll be like, oh my word. I remember Dick Mills from California that spoke over our life. Oh, my word. And he came in service, and his was so pointed, and it was so defined that I thought our pastor's going to know exactly what he's talking about. And, our, and it was amazing. It was the work of the Holy Spirit because he never, he never realized what Dick Mills was saying. So, but when you recognize a true prophet, look at their track record. Has what they said come to pass? That's a good way to gauge a prophet. Right? And if not, hey, stick it on the shelf and say, we'll see. God, if that's of you, it'll happen. But don't try to boss people around with your decisions for their life. Amen? Number seven, do you have a peace about it? A peace in your heart. Uh, and all of you, I'm sure, have stories with this where you've gone and maybe it was a large purchase. Maybe you're getting ready to purchase something. You were shopping for a house and you were you were praying about, should I be in this house? But you didn't have a peace about it. And then you made the decision, you know what? I'm just going to pull back on this because I, I just don't feel right about it. What is that? That's peace trying to lead you. That's the peace of God trying to manage your heart and help you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you to help you. This is another reason why we shouldn't put just so much, uh, so much of our emphasis in being led by the Holy Spirit based on prophecy uh, is because prophecy, again, should confirm what the Holy Spirit is already dealing with you. But if you don't take time to spend time with God, to hear from God, then how can the Holy Spirit direct you, lead you? That's why you'll be looking for other things. Amen? Some people look for a sign. They look for a sign, and they're thinking, well, you know what, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw a fleece out here, God. If I see three red cars go, uh, you know, Right after the other, go, go driving down 71B, then I'll know this is you. you know, you're not in the Old Testament anymore. You know, now sometimes God has mercy on people. And I, and I believe that's really what it is, where he has mercy and he's just trying to talk to you any way that you'll be able to, that you'll hear him. Okay, but the Old Testament was the prophets had to speak for people because they were the ones that heard from God, that God spoke through. But now you have the Holy Spirit, you have God living on the inside of you. And he is speaking directly to your heart. And one of the ways that he leads is through peace. Think about Isaiah 55, 12. You shall go out with joy and you shall be led forth with peace. You'll have a peace about it. Now, if you're stressed out, if you've just got this feeling of, 
oh man, God, I just really hope this works out, and you're stressed about it, and you're not, you're having trouble being happy, then you don't have a peace about it. Because he said you'll go out with joy. We're supposed to follow God with a joyful attitude, excitement, peace. Man, if it's a stress to you, if it's a stress to the people around you, if it is stressing you to the point to where you can't be nice to other people, then and you don't have joy anymore, then I, I want to submit to you, you're not being directed by the Lord in it. You're not following the Holy Spirit because you're not happy about it. What's another way sometimes people try, try to be led? A good idea. Man, it's a good idea. No, Phil, you don't understand. I, I'm going to make a lot of money. Okay. Well, I think money is good, and I know God wants us to be blessed. But money is not a leading. It's, it shouldn't be. It is for a lot of people. But what our leading should be is, did God direct me to do this? Is God taking us in this direction? And, and it's a daily thing. It's on, it happens on a regular basis. Because you don't just want any job. You want the job God wants you to be in. Because that's where the blessing is. That's where the preparation is. That's where the prosperity will be. Because you're in the center of his will. Do you know how, do you know how many people are not in the center of his will? They make, they're making money-led decisions. Well, this is where the money is. So, I'm, man, I'm, I'm going there. Well, my first question is, have you asked God about that? It's okay to want to make more money. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. But is that where God wants you to be? Is that where he wants you to go, well, Phil, you don't understand. I'm not happy there. Well, there may be other reasons why you're not happy. Maybe something going on internally. But that's why you need to pray. That's why you need to spend time in prayer. Now, this is key in prayer, okay? Is praying in the Holy Spirit. Phil, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about praying in tongues. Because here's what's important about that. Tongues builds up your inner man. It edifies your inner man. It really enables you to be able to hear more clearly. And, and I, I preached a message just recently about the Holy Spirit. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. And you can go back and listen to that if you need more clarity on it. But here's why it's important. is because the anointing. You need the anointing. You need the Holy Spirit baptism on the inside of you so that you can hear more clearly so three things read the word pray in your understanding but then pray in the spirit amen and so I want to encourage you that I think there's too many people that are floundering in their life and they shouldn't be a lot of them are Christians because they're trying things you know I'm going to go over here and try this and if this doesn't work, then I'll know that that wasn't God's will. Well, do you really want to do all that before you don't know whether or not that's God's will? When I came here, I, Nicole and I were told we were going to take over a church. A pastor was retiring, and he said, I want to give you my church. That was our conversation. That was what was, what was said. And when we came, it cost me over $5,000 to move my family here, move my wife, my mom here. We brought her from Oklahoma City, you know, and, and I was... Thankful because God had blessed us with the finances to be able to get here, be able to come. And so we came and, and you know, we had 
made the commitment. And then I found out after we were committed, locked in, that that wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted me to be a campus pastor. And he, want, he's, and tell, you know, he told me my only job was to preach and to uh, pastor the people. That's it. So no, no authority, no, you know, couldn't. And I had told him, I said, I'll, I'll come on one condition. I said, I'll come only if there's no shadow or form of government over us. Nicole and I have to be able to pray and hear from heaven for ourselves so that we can take the congregation and grow it the way the, way the Lord deals with us to grow it. And do you know, I came and all that happened. And then the, pa- the pastor finally told me, he said, well, this isn't going to work. So... He said, I think we need to talk about an exit plan. And so I was let go. I came here by the direction of the Holy Spirit. I spent two months in the Dominican praying about it, praying with the understanding, praying in the Holy Spirit. Lord, why did you bring us here? Why are we here? Why are we in Northwest Arkansas? Honestly, my family said to me, Dad, let's move. (laughs) As soon as they found out, they said, where are we moving? And I said, wait, 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 wait. Because again, I need to hear from heaven. God, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? What's the next plan? And so I spent a lot, we spent a lot of time in prayer, bathing in prayer, asking God, God, what do you have for us? And here's the other part of this, is we let go of of hurt. We forgave immediately. I have no harbor feelings of, bitterness, resentment about what happened, it brought us here. But I see that God had a better plan. God had a better plan for us. And so as we're praying, I was driving home. I'd gone to Tulsa. I'd spent a lot of time with a a friend of mine that's a mentor, a man of God that speaks into my life. And I I spent the whole day with him. And on the drive back, the Lord spoke to my heart for the first time about, about the situation and said, here's what you're to do. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the plan. I said, thank you, God. Because, can I, can I be honest with you? I don't know what I'm doing. I, but, I, but I'll say this. I am following God 110%. Whatever he says, that's what I'm doing. Whoever he says to come and speak. Because let me tell you, there's no mistake that AJ's coming next week. That's, that's divine. That's a divine appointment. And so I'm asking all of you to come and to bring your friends because God has a divine appointment for people. Jen Trangel, man, that's going to be amazing two weeks later. And then two weeks after that, we have another guest coming. And I'll tell you who that is later. But see what God is doing? And look at this. Debt free. That's why I get choked up. That's why I get teary-eyed. I'm just going, God, look at what you're doing. And I'm not, I'm not even, I don't feel like I'm, I'm pulling my weight sometimes. I feel like you're doing everything. And then the Lord said, well, if I build the house, aren't you going to let me build it? Shh. Oh, I'm getting way back here, God. <laughs> you build it. You build it. Would you bow your heads all around the room? Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, 
Vision for Life.